Hello everyone. Hello, hello. I'm Tony. And I'm Tally. And we are the, the Lazy, Lazy Book, Book Lovers. Lovers. This is a podcast for book lovers who procrastinate about reading and have never-ending to-be-read piles. Uh, today's episode is a reading update. It's about a month-ish worth of books, rough-ish. Uh, it's not precise. Uh, it's what we've read lately. Um, it's just the standout ones. Yeah, so we're not re- we're not covering every book we read now. If you want to hear about everything we're reading, we've got a Facebook group. Go talk to us there. Or we've got our own social media and blogs and stuff where we talk about these things. Our Facebook group is Lazy Book Lovers Podcast. Please come yeah. join us. Come find us. We want to have a little community over there and chat with you guys. So please come yeah. join us. But so this is just our big ones. Yeah. Yeah. Just the ones we have big thoughts about. Big feelings. Big thoughts. Mm-hmm. Do you, who's going first? I don't know. Shall I go first? Yeah, go on. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Before we myself. start, me and Tony both read Strong Female Character by Fern Brady. Yep. We had an entire episode just on that. that yeah, was, that was what last is week. that? 107? No. 107, so two. No, wait. Two weeks before this one. Two weeks before this one. Yeah. Because this is, this is 109 we're doing. No, okay, yes. Wait. So... <laughs> I'm so confused. We're doing 108. That was 106. There we go. 106. So <laughs> go listen to that if you haven't already. Yeah, so that's. We're obviously not including that in this reading update, but it is mm. part of this month's reads. So go look at that. I do talk about this book in the Fern Brady episode too, but I'm going to talk about it here too because I had big thoughts about it. Big feelings. So I read Dirty Laundry, Why Adults with ADHD Are So Ashamed and What We Can Do to Help by Richard Pink and Roxanne Emery. I listened to it in audio, as an audio actually. They are a TikTok couple who make content about having a neurodivergent partner and what that's like. They started out as funny skits and then it's actually become, they found this whole community of people being like, oh my God, I didn't realise I was, I'm not the only one who does this. Mm. Like, this is so validating, which is why they've ended up doing a book. And now they're doing an app as well that's about how to help people do care tasks and cleaning tasks by body doubling. But it's like an app where the app body doubles you, essentially. Mm. And like breaks down the steps of like, if I need to make the bed, what are the steps? Yeah. Which is like sometimes what you struggle with executive function, dysfunction. It's like changing the bed is just too many steps. So this book is essentially kind of it walks you through the ten symptoms of ADHD, like how they the sort of clinical def- definition of them, and then sort of some anecdotes from Roxy's life as the person who has ADHD of how they manifest for her and how they have manifested for her when she has been extremely unwell mentally and when she is well now with a supportive partner in a good environment. So she comes at it from like two different perspectives of she's gone through therapy, she's healed quote marks, she's got a nice supportive partner, things are very stable. She's like, I still can't do this thing. Mm. It is a symptom. She's like, it's better and it's managed and I have techniques, but I still can't do the thing. So she always has kind of examples of like the really extreme example where, you know, she wasn't paying rent for months, her electricity was getting shut off all the time, um, where she was self-medicating through alcohol. So she kind of comes at it from both angles. Mm -hmm. And then it switches to her partner, Richard, and kind of his perspective as the partner, what it was like pre and post diagnosis, because she didn't get diagnosed until she was like 32, I think. Yeah. 32, 33, off memory. I might be wrong. And the kind of how he, what he used to get frustrated with before he understood 
why it's happening. And what he does is her partner to support her, but also to protect himself. Like, how to prioritise himself as the person who's playing a supporting role to a neurodivergent person. And, like, how to... He kind of explains it from a neurotypical point of view of, like, she just fundamentally can't do this and I didn't understand. It's really interesting. Watch through the ten symptoms from, like, issues with hygiene, relationships, money, impulsivity hyper-focusing, like, all those kind of... <laughs> all those things. Mm. I... This book made me cry quite a few times, which I was listening to it as an audio. Driving, which was, like, that was a bit of a problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, also on the night, my... I, f- I was stranded for six hours, thank you, RAC. Uh, when my time... <laughs> my time got popped. <laughs> that, that night where I was stranded, I listened to it then. You know, just to... Just, just emotions. Yeah, um... I really liked the humour in which this book is done, but it also takes it very seriously because it does cover some quite heavy topics. Like, Roxy really went through it, um, struggled with, like, suicide, self-harm. So trigger warnings, guys, check them before you read it. Um, And it kind of talks about, like, yeah, very much how the ADHD manifested when she was extremely unwell and it was unregulated and she didn't know she had it and she just thought she was a useless pile of shit. And now where she, she's got a supportive partner in a stable environment and she's been through therapy and, like, still certain things she still can't do. Mm. <laughs> and it's kind of proved, like, just sort of disproving that narrative of, like, you're just lazy or you could try harder. Lazy um, isn't even a real thing anyway. No. There is no such thing as lazy people. No. <laughs> it was... Yeah, because it, it got real into that kind of that shame of... Not being able to do a task your peers can do with ease. Mm. Um, and the shame around, like, getting into debt and not being able to clean yourself, not being able to clean your space. Um, which are all things. And, like, impulse spending, which I have such a... I have such a problem with impulse spending. Um, yeah. And impulsivity in general. People don't think that about me now, but I'm like, I've worked really hard on that. <laughs> Um, and then in relationships, how it affects relationships. And that bit was really kind of... Because you can hyper-focus on a person. Yeah. And like we kind of discussed in the Fern Brady episode, where she's like, a hyper-focus can appear to be caring for people mm-hmm. to yeah. your own detriment. And how that, yeah, it has manifested in relationships for her in the past. And how she would get bored of people, which is, sorry, something that used to happen to me. I would get, especially in relationships, like yeah. romantic romantic relationships, after the new honeymoon phase, I would just be like, you, I'm bored of you, don't want to talk to you anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you chase the shiny new person. Yeah, and I know that obviously people say neurotypical get that as well, but it's like t- to a different degree. Mm-hmm. And when it becomes chronic is when you can say this when it happens over and over again when it's detrimentally affecting your life that's when it's like the line because everyone can struggle with executive function yeah or a lot of these issues um so yeah i i it was a really good book i found it like if i'd have because i've already been on my own kind of journey of like trying to fix the shit about my life that wasn't quite right yeah where i wasn't able to i was in debt i've still got debt guys um I was, didn't have to keep... I just... I only had my own bedroom, not alone, let alone have a house, and I couldn't keep that fucking thing clean, and I'd never have been able to. Um, 
care hygiene tasks, struggle with them, really struggle to talk to people about the fact I struggle with them. Because mm. um, that is, feels very shameful. Um, and yeah, and like the relationship, I, honestly, it was just like, oh, I was like, ah, oh, maybe I do need to go to the doctors. <laughs> to give some context, we, I am undiagnosed. I have my very strong suspicions that I have ADHD, but I'm not diagnosed. Self-diagnosis is valid. But I just want you to know my review of this comes at it from that perspective of I struggle with all the things mentioned in this book. I have strong suspicions, but I'm not diagnosed. So I like, just caveat that review with that information. But yeah. Speaking of ADHD. Yeah. I trimmed my hair last night. Do you like it? Because it was annoying me. Yeah, it looks nice. Yeah. I gave myself You a haven't seen my hair down, but I did, a, I did a bit of chaotic fringe cutting the other week yeah. too. And I did my fringe... There's like there's. You um, showed me it when I did, did I show recording you last, last week. week. Yeah. yeah, it's all right. It's grown out a bit now. It looks better. Mm. Um, but it looked really shit when I first did it. Well, when you showed me, it was like not styled. So yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. Again, that's impulsivity. <laughs> I was. It was a. It was twelve thirty, and I was like cleaning my teeth, and I was like, you know what I should do right now? I should cut my hair. Yeah, especially what I was like. It yeah. was like nine p.m. Um, my daughter was hanging off me as I was doing it. I was like, let's trim my hair. Like, um, let's cut all my hair. When I got made redundant from my job earlier this year, <laughs> mum, like, in the morning, like, one time mum was like, oh, I saw the hairdressing scissors, the hairdressing scissors out on the side last night. Mm. Um, we you doing? <laughs> everything okay? <laughs> I was like, I nearly did some, like, Celtic cutting. And I decided to put them down and walk away. <laughs> I'm proud of you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was a it was a really good book. Made me feel some feelings. Made me feel made me feel like that maybe I do need to approach a doctor at some point. <laughs> mm. um, well, I've got my appointment next week to discuss mm. it. So yeah, well, you also have suspected neurospiciness. Mm. Um, but like four years ago, when I left that horrible job where I decided to like start working on the points in my life that were making me miserable like the insomnia which is a lot of people they actually have insomnia and yeah. then I started to realize how much this impacts every aspect of my life and it's this whole the whole thing of like you're not broken or somehow deficient it, your brain just works differently uh-huh yeah. and as soon as I found ways to do it that were right for my brain I could do it now yeah you know like I'm a very organized person my room is always clean like you so, put steps in place, yeah. haven't you? Yeah. But I have to have a system. I can't just be able to keep it clean. No. Do you know what I mean? There has to be techniques and there has to be a system and there has to be people who hold me accountable and there has to be checks in place. Um, Like, I'm notorious for being late all the fucking time. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's because I'm time blind. I'm not just a shit person. <laughs> I'm not disrespectful of my friend's time, which is how a lot of my friends used to feel about it, yeah. is that I just did not respect them. And I'm like, no, I don't want you waiting outside for 15 minutes in the car because you've come to pick me up, which is really nice of you. I was like, I don't want that to be happening. I physically can't fucking fix it. <laughs> mm. And now when I get ready, I set alarms. So I know I have an alarm 20 minutes before I need to be somewhere and then 10 minutes before I need to be somewhere and at the time I should be putting my shoes on um, when it's, like, something I really have to be on time for. Yeah. And it's, like, I just thought, you're fucking pathetic, just be on time. <laughs> you know, and that's not productive. So, yeah, it was a really good book. Mm. That's why I wanted to talk about it. 
in like, a yeah, separate I've got, day. I got that as my audiobook credit, I think so it, I will listen to it soon as well. I think it'd be really helpful for partners of neurodivergent people as well. Mm. Like, the bits that were Rich's side of it were really, really interesting as well. I really like them. Like, I like their videos. Yeah. And this is obviously where they've sort of sat down and they've written this, so it's obviously more more planned than their content is yeah. as well. Like, it's really well articulated. Mm. So, yeah. Definitely recommend. Very good. And I was like, even if you just have executive function problems because you suffer with mental health conditions or, like, you are differently abled or anything like that, I still think it would be a good read for that whole perspective, like, you've got to let go of the shame of it first and find ways to make it work for you. Um, yeah, I mean, ADHD, some of the stuff that you suffer with, like, crosses across of, like, anxiety and depression yeah. as well, so it could be helpful for a lot of people regardless. Yeah, mm. it's a very good book. I was very impressed. Um, switching tone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as usual. I read Sleuthfoot, <laughs> A Tale of Bewitchery by Brom. <laughs> Oh my god, this was so incredibly good. Look at that cover. It's oh, got illustrations in the physical book as well, which are beautiful. He's an artist, um, Brom. Um, so this is a horror, historical horror fantasy? Um, well, it's got, you know, like demons and stuff so that's a fantastical element yeah i think yeah. it's fun to see if it's demons um so this is set in 1666 uh, in connecticut new england and it follows a what is her name oh gosh i don't even think her name is in this it's like abatha abatha yeah i think it's abatha okay. um it follows Abatha, who has recently come over to a colonial New England from London. She was sold, not sold, sold into marriage by <laughs> right. her father. There was some sort of dowry involved. Anyway, and she's really struggling to fit in because... Um, she is not from a Puritan world, and, you know, America yeah. was founded on very Puritan values. Well, especially that particular bit of America in that yes. era. Um, so, like, sometimes her hair falls out of her bonnet, and she is treated as a whore. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, so she has married this gentleman. Um, he's a farmer, as they all pretty much are, Um and then uh, he is at risk of losing the farm because his older brother has um, used it as collateral for something and it fell through. So the, his older brother's like, right, your farm's going to be given away to this whatever dude. And, oh, her name is here. It's Abatha, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> they call her Abby for short. So I was like, what is it again? It's Abatha, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, she uh, gets, so, and then her partner, oh, let me look at this, because I don't want to give away any spoilers. Let me see what it says here. Mm. Okay, so, um, a uh, an ancient spirit is awoken in the dark wood. The wild folk call him father, slayer, protector, 
the col col colonists 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 call him Sloughfoot demon or devil abafa a recent widowed okay yeah so she recently becomes a widow i wasn't sure if that was going to be a spoiler um and then she wants to keep the farm um so she kind of fights the uh brother of her her late husband for the farm and so he is like but she's but a woman did women own land back then well she calls upon something like this ancient not ancient but like this she kind of like um finds a loophole in the law okay in it i can't remember if that was the us or uk that had women couldn't own land she, i know you couldn't yeah, in the uk she, she can't but it's like she there's a loophole in that um she has taken on her husband's um her husband's debts so her husband owed his brother money so she mm. she argues that she can keep working the farm until her husband's debt is paid because okay. she has taken it on and the brother who wants to take the farm is kind of disliked by the uh the village priest or whatever so he kind of takes Abafa's side mm. um so there is an element of fancy in terms of they give her a little bit of leeway <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah and then eventually as as um guest the brother accuses her of witchcraft because he yeah. wants the farm and uh bewitchery ensues <laughs> there is witchery there is a uh, there is Sleuthfoot who is a demon or not depending on you know whatever but yeah really really good so so good I thought um, I'm looking forward to picking up more of Brum's work yeah. it is there is it's very historical in like how they speak and stuff um, it made me very angry with how they treat women <laughs> um, and uh it was it was like it was horror in terms of uh like folk horror you know so like nature and yeah if you like the ritual by adam neville i would say you'll enjoy this okay yeah loved it i'm glad i finally got to it i've been meaning to get to it for ages it's a really beautiful book sounds very interesting mm-hmm. spooky Bobby would have been a Bobby. really good Halloween read. It was actually on my TBR in October and I finally got around to it in nice. January. So cl- I'm getting closer. You can get it done and that's what's important. <laughs> it's happening, guys. It's happening! Um, so, different tone again. Yay! Yay! We just keep swapping tones. Swapping. So I read Take a Hint, Danny Brown, the second book in the Brown Sisters series by Talia Hibbert. The first book in this series made me feel some feelings. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's a chronically ill plus-size character. Mm. Um, And this book was same, same. um, Same, same. Same, (laughs) same. So this is like, they're both grieving different relatives that they have lost in the last few years. Danny is like an academic first. Uh, She is maybe a little bit blunt and harsh. Is she the oldest? Middle. Oh. Chloe's the oldest, so oh. that's for book one is the oldest, yeah. then it goes middle, and then it goes youngest. Yeah, I would have thought your description was the oldest, but fair enough. No, so like, so Danny's quite kind of standoffish. Mm. She prioritises work over anything else, and she's never found a partner who like is okay with that. 
Yeah. Even though that's who she is, she's really passionate about her work. Uh, and so years ago, she got hurt quite badly, and she was like, "All right, no love for me. I'm just clearly, I'm just gonna keep letting people down, because mm. I, I get hyper focused on my work. I forget they exist, and I can be quite cruel and harsh. So deal with it. <laughs> and like, so she's like, sort of closed off her emotions to mm. protect them, yeah. which I was like, <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Yeah, I, it's a really cute book. So she, the security guard for her building, he is ex-rugby player star who had to quit due to his mental health after his brother and his dad died in a car accident together. Oh and the, the because he was a Muslim rugby player for a quite high-profile but local team, um, at the time the papers went insane with how they reported on it and how they were hounding him. And he actually mm. found out his parents had, his brother and his dad had died because a reporter told him uh, after a match before uh, he got the phone call. So a reporter was like, how do you feel about the recent death of your brother and father? And he what was like, fuck? what? Yeah. <laughs> so. Why would you even ask that? Well, I know I, I do yeah. believe that reporters would ask that yeah. yeah so he quit rugby altogether he just couldn't hack it well like no i couldn't hack it he decided to put his mental health first yeah uh spent years kind of rebuilding himself got the security guard job so he could kind of be in the background like unnoticed uh in his own time he runs a charity for boys which is rugby training but they also do like feelings workshops <gasps> Oh, is this the one where he carries her out the office? Yeah. Is it that one? Okay, good. Him and Danny have like a... I was like, because I've read, I've read the yeah. synopsis of them all, so I was trying to remember. Him and Danny have a flirty morning thing that they kind of do, but it never really goes any further than that. He's like, I don't want to be that creepy man who like leches on a woman friend. He was like, I think we're just friends. Uh, he knows Danica has had a relationship with a woman in the building, so he's not sure what her sexuality is. She is bi, mm. by the way, but he doesn't know that. Because he's only ever seen her with female partners. So he's like, I don't want to be that creep that hits on the lesbian woman in the building. like. Especially when I, she works here and she's kind of trapped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was like, so he was like, okay, we're just not going to touch it. And then uh, a video of him rescuing her from the building where she gets trapped in an elevator during a fire alarm goes viral. And he gets called like hashtag Dr. Rugby. And his niece tags his account for the rugby charity, the boys' rugby charity he runs. His niece tags the rugby charity because he doesn't actually have his own Instagram. Tags it and says, oh, Uncle um, Uncle Raph, you're famous. And then, like, donations start pouring into the charity. Oh. Um, and, like, the Dr. Rugby hashtag Rugby. goes viral. I yeah. Um, so he kind of goes... And Danica's just finding it all really amusing. She, like, couldn't give a fuck. <laughs> And he's like, um, could we do like a fake relationship just to get to like build on this momentum for the charity? And she's like, oh, you had to be a fucking nice guy, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> How dare um, you? And like, there's also this background context of like Danica is a Wiccan, and I had prayed to her Wiccan uh, god for a, f- a new fuck buddy. And then, like, she, she's like, this is where the take a hint Danny Brown thing comes in. She's like, um, I need a sign. And then the protein bar he gives her every morning because she doesn't eat breakfast falls out of her pocket onto the, the like, the altar, her wicked <laughs> altar. And it's like, 
take a hint, Danny Brown. Yeah. <laughs> and then all these hints keep pointing her towards Raph, and she's yeah. just like, just for a fuck, buddy. Just blindly. Yeah. And then he's just a really nice man. Yeah. He's big into her into feelings, and Danny is completely closed off from her feelings. Oh. So it's a lot of him being like, you can be angry about this, or you can be upset about this. And they start having fake dates in the cafeteria, just so all the teenagers that they work with, because she's a lecturer um, at uni, just to keep the hashtag going viral. Because it starts to get him, like, he gets on the local radio, um, and they say on the radio, like, they say before they go to the radio, like, one of the conditions is they don't mention the accident. Yeah. Which is the reason he has not refused, he doesn't, on his website for the charity, he didn't put his history of his own mental health challenges and, like, the family he lost. Yeah. He, like, just, he's like, I don't want to be making money off it. And Danny's like... No, it's just making light of something dark, like as in making something beautiful mm. out of it. I can't remember the phrase exactly used, but it's really nice. Um, and he's like, I didn't think of it that way. She's like, you're almost honouring them by doing this. Mm, yeah. Yeah, and basically it helps his charity. And they agree, like, uh, we're going to do this for a month just to ride out. It's not going to last much longer, the, the trending thing, mm. just to get some publicity for you. And then we're going to stop. And then yeah, Danny's yeah. like, Danny's like, I'd really like to fuck you, by the way. <laughs> so, like, while we're fake dating, can we also be fuck buddies? And Zaf's like, I really love this woman, though. Like, I've got a full crush on her. I can't cope with a fuck buddy thing for long. Mm. I've never done it before. Because he has a Muslim background also, mm. although he's not practising, he still believes in a certain amount of, like, taking sex seriously. So he's never done a fuck buddy thing before and he's like a bit hesitant mm. so he then puts a time clock of we'll be fuck buddies as long as we're fake dating mm-hmm. and after a month we stop oh yeah that's gonna work yeah. out <laughs> yeah so obviously he, he catches feelings he already had them <laughs> yeah danny catches feelings but absolutely denies it on all fronts <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like ready to bowl which uh, my current boyfriend will attest that was me for about the first four months. I could bolt at any second out of fear because feelings. <laughs> so that's where I was like, this was a good story for me. <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> but, and then, like, obviously, obviously they fall in love. <laughs> and, like, she helps, she helps him in the radio interviews and, like, all this kind of stuff, and he helps her. And then, like, he... um. He just accepts the way she's a workaholic and doesn't make her feel like shit for it. Mm. And every time she's like, well, why aren't you upset with me? He's like... Because that's who you are. It's like, who you are. Yeah. He's like, I'm not trying to... I'm not asking for any less than who you are. Yeah. I don't want you to change anything. Mm. And I love... The, like, the third act miscommunication is, like, really well done. I, just, I usually hate fake dating trope. Yeah. Because it's all about miscommunication, but this is just... She kind of... I don't. I don't want to spoil it. I don't think. I don't think it's too much of a spoiler, because obviously you know how this ends. I mean, romances is hard to spoiler, really, isn't it? But she kind of, basically, in her bullheaded Danny way, eventually is like, "Fuck, I've got feelings." Yeah. All right, fine, we're gonna date, <laughs> and then Zaf is like, "I love you." <laughs> <laughs> She's like, "That's too That's much. Too much. Feelings. Too much. I'ma run. I'ma yeah. run away." And then she regrets it, and he regrets going too fast, and then they both. Yeah, it's great. It's a great third act miscommunication, and a how to play on that whole trope. I, it's just fucking ace. 
Is it um, is it set after the first book? Like, do does her sisters get mentioned at all? So in, like, yeah, Chloe, Chloe, and the person she dates from book one gets mentioned. They've moved in together by that point. Oh, okay, okay. I think they're engaged. Don't quote me on that though. Oh. So, because you you get each book, it jumps forward one year after the conclusion of the book. You oh. get a little epilogue. Oh, lovely. So with Chloe, we got a one year later epilogue, um, where they were already engaged I think or something I can't remember now but where they got to do the travelling that Chloe wanted to do mm. she goes with Red yeah um, and then so I think this is set after that yeah but I'm not sure how long after okay but like they seem very like established her and her and Red mm. it's, it's oh they're such cute books she you know she is a plus size bi character he is Muslim and like all about feelings even though he's a big strong rugby man it's great. It's so good. It's I like the that. kind of romance I want to keep reading for sure. You should do the next one now as well. Just whilst you, yeah, whilst you're already discussing them, it makes sense. So. Before I ruin it with horror in the middle. <laughs> so I then read book three, Actor Age, Eve Brown. Uh, the third book in the Brown Sister series. I need to read the first one in february for a book club so i'll be able to talk about it soon as well you're gonna you're gonna like these yeah I think they are such good I books i assume i will yeah the characters are like for a romance that plays with tropes they have a lot of depth as well mm. which is like sometimes in the ali hazelwood and even maybe in the emily henry's they are lacking a bit of depth mm. and they are like you know checkbox type books that have their place yeah there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you're enjoying or you're in the mood for yeah yeah um like there's there is spice in these books but it's not the romance is kind of and the journey the character on is like the main focus yeah that's than, just like yeah secondary yeah yeah so actual age eve brown mm-hmm. she's the youngest sister throughout the first two books you know she's a bit of like twirly whirly is she the one with the pink hair in the picture no uh danica's the one his pink hair and brown hair. They all have funky hair colours except Chloe. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Eve's the one, she's got purple hair. Purple, that's what I'm thinking of, yeah. yeah. And she's wearing a yellow top. No, you're definitely thinking of Danny. Let me look. Oh, yeah, you got the pictures there. Take a hint, Danny Brown, she's got pink hair on the cover. That's the one, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Eve Brown is a bit spacey. Always been a bit chaotic. She still lives in the family house, so, like, they're a well-off family, that all the girls get a stipend out of the family, like, money. Mm. But she's the only one of the girls that's never really made, like, a, a striking out on her own kind of thing. Uh, she's just chilling. She just goes from job to job, career to career. She's changed careers about 20 times. And after the last one doesn't work out, which is being a wedding planner, but it was for her friend. And then at the thing, she finds out that they don't feed the doves when they're used for weddings because they don't want them shitting on the guests. And because she finds that the doves haven't been fed for like four days, she decides to free the doves. And then obviously pisses off her friend. (laughs) And there was one other reason, but basically then she's like deleted her entire wedding business, which was meant to be her new career. And her parents find out and they're like, we're cutting you off. Mm. You need to act your age. She's like 27. And they're really infantilizing her of being Mm. like, you need to get your shit together and grow up. And so she leaves the house in a tantrum, goes for a drive to calm down, ends up driving all the way to the Lake District. <laughs> and then she's like, oh shit, I haven't eaten, I need to eat. Pulls over at this B&B. Lo and behold, in the window is interviews for the chef position are today. And one of her many 
phases that she went through. She took a shit ton of cooking classes once just for fun. Mm. And she's like, I could be a chef. Of course. She's like, it's, de- it's destiny. Like, I've driven here. I've driven for hours. I don't even know where I am. Like, she didn't even know what town she was in. <laughs> and she's just like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to interview for the chef job. And she walks in and it's the owner of the Airbnb and his friend who owns the pub down the road. But his friend is like basically like a brother to him. Mm. <laughs> and she walks in and the guy who owns the B&B is very rigid, very structured, very direct. He is autistic. It gets mentioned like straight away. But that's not the reasons he is those things. That's his personality. He's just very likes things done a certain way. Mm. And she walks in. She's soaked the bone. She's got this crazy hair. She's she wears crazy tops as well with like funny sayings on them. And he's like annoyed that he finds the t-shirt funny at the same time. He's like, that's a wacky t-shirt. Why would you wear that to an interview? But he's yeah. like, also that's a funny t-shirt. He, so he straight away takes a dislike into her. She's just chaotic. Mm. She didn't know where she was, and she does say, like, where am I? In the interview. And like the interview does not go well. But his mate, that's the pub owner, is like, dude, you need someone because you're going to this big festival in a month. You need a cook for that festival. And she's here. And she's she's here. She's available to start immediately. It's like, what the hell? So they go out into the rain after her and she reverses her car into the B&B owner. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I think she, like, hits him, doesn't she? Basically, she, she hits him with his car and then his, B- his mate, who's the pub owner, is like, well, you, like, fucking run him over. So you've got the job. Stop shit from breaking while he's, like, literally unconscious <laughs> from pain meds. It's a trial by fire, basically. See how you get on. And he's like, here's all the manuals he wrote. And the manuals are very specific. And they're written very much in his own style. There's lots of swearing in them. It's like, not how not to break my fucking B&B. It's like, <laughs> how, what one of them is called? Like, how not to ruin my health rating. And she just basically stays up all night reading them. And she then she opens the B&B in the morning, does, does the does breakfast, it. does the chef job. And then he comes down, the B&B owner, who I should probably look up his name. It's kind of been lost to me. Jacob. He comes down, he's expecting everything to be on fire because it's his B&B, it's his baby. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, everything's okay. <laughs> he's like, how did you know to do all of this? And she's like, I read the manuals. And he was like, you read the manuals? And like, she's done everything perfectly. And he's like, sus, I'm not. <laughs> he's like, you're going like tomorrow. I don't like this. And then he watches her the whole shift and she does really well. All the B&B guests are telling him how she's not. They like his new chef. <laughs> he's like, okay, you can, you can stay. Like, I'm not like, injured, so you're going to have to stay. He's, like, got a broken arm. He's, like, yeah. fine, you can stay for a bit. And then he keeps... So is she living on site? Yeah, so, so she just, well, doesn't tell him. Oh. <laughs> she, she got a key to his apartment when they were, like, he lives in the top floor of the hotel. Yeah. When she was helping them, like, when he was injured, go put him to bed, she basically took the spare room and had a key and just, he didn't know she was... He was <laughs> she was living with him because she was sneaking in after oh he went to bed. God. And when he's, like, all right, you can stay... Uh, she goes, okay, um, so I've been living with you. <laughs> Is that okay? <laughs> Properly chaotic. And she's like, and then one of her friends, her posh, like, London rich friends, who are all very spoiled, they all kind of treat her like they use her when they need things. Because mm. she bakes cakes for them all and that kind of thing. Because she almost did a cake-making business. Of course. And this friend is like, oh, I want you to party plan my brother's 21st. We've got this huge budget. And Eve's like, okay, I'll do this job for a month. Help him out this festival that he needs a chef for. Mm. And then I'm going to go. And I'm going to start my real career, quote marks, as a party planner. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then she kind of 
loves the job at the B&B, thrives. It's very structured because Jacob is very structured. Mm. And she absolutely thrives in it. And she gets on so well with Jacob, which is, like, unusual because socially she finds herself quite awkward. And she, like, gets a lot of social anxiety, doesn't know the rules. And suddenly she gets on like a house on fire with Jacob. They get on really well. Um, And then over time, Jacob's like, oh, she's really attractive, but she's my employee. She lives with me. He's like, I can't can't hit on her because the dynamics are all wrong. Mm. And a very autistic black and white kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. He's then, like, basically one evening things go too far. And then he, like, tries to, like, roll it back as if he, like, basically he just goes, okay, you need to move out tomorrow. But in his head, he's doing the right thing by changing the power imbalance so she's not relying on him for housing so that then it's not as creepy. He's, like, worried about being a creep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He at no point explains that thought process to her. And as far as she's concerned, they nearly slept together and then he kicks her out. So, like, that's the kind of miscommunication. Mm. And it's really cute. And after a while, like, she sings constantly to herself and hums constantly to herself and has to have music in her ears at all times. And Jacob just sort of turns to her one day and he's like, do you know what stimming is? And he was like, what? And he's like, oh, it's um, something autistic people do, uh, a sort of self-regulation, which can be like hand flapping or it can be like saying repetitive words or phrases or singing to yourself or like... <laughs> and, <laughs> and Eve's like, why do you bring it up? And he's like, no reason. No reason. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and then in his, because you get both POVs, in his narration, he's like, I am not going to tell her that I'm seeing a lot of autistic traits in her. I'm just going to let her go away and think about that. Uh, And then she does. She goes away and researches stimming. And she's like, oh, I do that. And then she looks (laughs) up the symptoms of autism. And she's like, oh, this is me. And then she gets into the symptoms of autism in women. And she's like, I'm not a fucking failure. What is this? Why are all these books calling us out? I know. It's again, these, these three books were like, therapy (laughs) um so yeah and then she she kind of starts to realize like i'm not like broken and the reason i'm excelling here is the structure Mm. and that i get to do like she likes people which is a misconception with autism she's very outgoing and extroverted and so she's like i like this job for the people and then the variety and i like all the all the multitasking in the morning and and all this kind of stuff she like she likes serving people she realizes she likes taking care yeah. of people and this job allows her to do that and has variety and allows her to be her best autistic self essentially then she kind of claps back at her family yeah and is like you have been infantilizing me because she like gets words mixed up because she her brain goes too fast for her uh-huh um and her family are always correcting her whereas jacob never has done that she says the wrong word and he just carries on like because he knew what she meant by context yeah, doesn't matter does it? um and then her sister at the end like her sister's like she says something and her sister corrects her and she's like you know what i mean i know what i mean i'm not stupid stop it yeah and her sisters are like whoa oh, yeah and like so she sort of calls out her family and it's great it's a really ah oh, and then their relationship's really cute because he's so worried about doing something wrong by being her employer that sounds so cute it's an, yeah i love this series yeah totally recommend it i, I i've now saved a shit ton of other books by the author because I'm a fan. She's become an auto-buy, for sure. I've got her most recent one at home, um, The Unfairly Something and Cute Unfairly... Something like that. Yeah, I've got that at home. Yeah. Um, oh. Loved it. Loved both the books. And again, she is plus size. A black girl, like, a neurodivergent, like... Again, we've got, like, great 
diversity stuff. Yeah. And again, there's love stories I don't get to read. There's two autistic characters. Exactly. Great. I loved it. <laughs> okay, so I read this book called Fantastic Land by Mike uh, Bokoven. Right. That's an interesting name. I thought it was Brokoven, but I've just noticed it's not. Oh my God, this is so good. And it really rem- it made me realise mm. or acknowledge that I have a particular subgenre of horror that I love and yeah. it's anything based at theme parks. Okay. Or amusement parks. Potentially, I think, maybe um, like carnivals. But You I'm like not... creepy shit. Yeah. Like the creepier, the better for yeah. you. And this really did it for me. This was, oh my God, it was like... like if it makes my screen skin crawl, you're going to love it. <laughs> I don't, this was like, every moment of this book was literal perfection okay for me that's a big i don't understand okay i don't understand why i enjoyed it so much everything about it just itched right it's just like is it something you should give to a therapist i don't know possibly (laughs) yeah so i'm not saying this is a good book i'm saying that this was the perfect book for me yeah it was a good book for you (laughs) so it's it's like mixed media Yep, you oh, love a mixed media. Proper. Yeah, so this is about an amusement park called Fantastic Land Theme Park. Uh, it it was established in 1970s. And then, I don't think it says in the description when it happens. I think it supposedly happened in, like, the mid-2000s. This is on in Florida, this amusement park. Um, a hurricane hits the Florida coast and it isolates the amusement park. Yeah. And it takes five weeks for the employees to be rescued. Oh, so we've got a Lord of the Flies, but think Yes. Like, right, okay. Oh, oh yes. yes. So good. <laughs> and, like, when the rescuers get there and they have, like, body cam and the body cam footage gets released to the media and it shows uh, things like, heads on spikes and uh like human bones everywhere etc etc like most of the employees are obviously teenagers yeah because it's an amusement park so the whole story is someone who is writing like a true crime book about it so it's interviews with people from the park it's interviews with like people who designed the park people who wrote the uh, emergency procedures for the park yeah um, yeah all of this kind of stuff lawyers involved with some of the people from the park it's like yeah it, 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 it was just so good it sounds like the kind of thing oh, that, that would make a really good tv series as well right yeah so um the way they talk about the park, so the park has like different areas and the way the, uh, I want to visit this park, it sounds yeah. so amazing, so the way that the owner wanted the park to be is that they were very much, um, he wanted it to be a rival for Disney World for starters Yeah. and they're very much um, like treated as separate entities, so there's like a pirate area and when you go in there everything's different, so like 
the bins are different the food is different um you can't see any of the other areas when you're in there even like the sounds the smells everything is different so you feel like he wanted it to feel like you've literally visited five different parks okay in different areas so they have a pirate themed one um, they have a circus themed area. They have pirate circus. They have a future world with like robots and stuff. Yeah. Um, there is a fourth one. I can't remember what it is now. Is it like oh a fairyland? And then they oh, have okay. like then they have like a a kind of like a shopping boulevard as well. Mm. Um. And because um, they're all treated so differently, the staff are like their own kind of communities. Um, and they actually uh, live uh, on site in like dormitories as well, oh, the okay. staff. Um, and they obviously have hotels on site mm. as well. Um, so when they, when everything goes down, they end up building like these communities. And so they have interviews with like um anthropologists who were talking about how because they the staff were kept so so distinctly Silo, different yeah. um it, it was like it's no shock that when it came down to like survival so to speak they became separated out tribes, yeah almost, yeah so so good mm. so they have like the shop girls which is all of the girls because they mostly hired girls to work in the gift shops mm. so all the girls and they they went and protected their shops from looting and then they had so they had the pirates which were in the you know the pirate section um they had the freaks which were the people from the carnival they had the, I think they were called like the robots, which were from the future world. Yeah. They had the mole people, which were like the engineers, and they went into the engineering tunnels underneath right, okay. the, the underneath the park. And then they did have the fairyland, but those kind of people were the first to die, basically. And yeah, it just it it looks into it, but it's very much like battle royale kind of thing. Um, it's just. I can't describe how perfect Lord, Lord this was for me. Roller coasters. Yeah, and <laughs> it was bug. utterly perfect. Mm. And it was mixed media, which is something I love. And yeah, I listened to it as an audio, and it was full cast, which was amazing as mm, well. Okay. I want to get a physical copy of the book to see all of the like yeah. interviews and stuff. I just this is going to be something I'm going to reread a lot. If you have read this or if this sounds like anything else you've read please give me any more recommendations of stuff like this because i think it's just for me like because i read i think it was last year i read hide by kristen white i think that's her name and that was like an abandoned amusement park and like a battle to the death in an abandoned amusement park like a battle royale type thing and i loved that but it didn't quite scratch the itch yeah that this did and i really like there's a animated tv show i think it's called like dead dead amusement or something and that's like based in a haunted amusement park and i've recently been watching gravity falls which kind of gives me those vibes as well this is just a niche i like apparently I need more of it. Just preparing for the apocalypse. I (laughs) I need more. I just love it specifically. (laughs) Amusement parks, like theme parks, and I think I think carnivals. 
Yeah. I think carnivals are going to do it as well. I saw someone read a horror book set at a carnival, so I'm going to check that out because I think that's going to do it as well. Yeah. Loved it. Do it. Scratch the edge. (laughs) The audio book is on Scribd, so recommend. If you haven't got a a Scribd account, I've got a code you can use for two-month free trial. Check it out. Really, like you get more books on it per month than you do Audible. It's not just like one with your credit and done. Yeah, no, there is a limit, but we don't really know what the limit is. I don't know how they work it out. The limit does not exist. I've only hit that once that they've told me you've hit your limit. And I listen to some months, I listen to a lot on there. Okay, I wonder why. And varying speeds, uh, varying lengths, which is why I think there must be an algorithm. They must wait the new releases because the only time I hit the limit was when I listened to a few new releases. But I've had months where I've listened to loads of like older books. I don't, I don't know how they work. I I really don't. But yeah, yeah, check it out though, guys. I've got two more that I want to discuss. I think you do one more. I'll do my sort of brief discussion of the the seven I powered through. <laughs> and okay. then you do one more. So this next one yeah. would have been perfect. It would have been another perfect five star. Okay. Except for one glaring issue. So I'm going to tell you about the book first. It's called Black Lake Manor and it's by Guy Morpus. And it is... Um, so there's a locked room mystery. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a, a time travel element to the locked room mystery. So it's set in a former mining town of Black Lake. I'm going to pick some bits out of the, the synopsis. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this former mining town, there's an old story about a shipwreck with only one survivor. His descendants have a unique ability once in their lives and only once. They can unwind the events of the previous six hours. More than 200 years later, part-time police constable Ella Manning is attending a party at Black Lake Manor, the cliff-top mansion belonging to a local billionaire. When a raging storm sweeps in from the Pacific, she and several guests find themselves trapped. When her host is discovered brutally murdered in his study the next morning, the door locked from the inside, they all turn to her to solve the crime. Now, a extra element of this is that he is a billionaire because he has a tech company and he has been working on hard light. And at this party that they're attending, he is unveiling his new product, which is uh, basically like kind of clones of people, but they're not clones, they're like hard light, but you control them. So... Everyone at the party is actually... The the party attendant is at home controlling it with a little, like, chip. Mm, yeah, OK. And then they have, like, a... It's not a clone. Kind of is a clone. It's like... Yeah, kind of a clone that they can control, right? Yeah, OK. So that's where his tech is. He's made money through this tech. He's found dead... And they wonder if one of the clones has done it. So there's, like, that kind of element to it. And she's investigating it. Now, I was doing this... I've got the book, and I also have the audio. So it was one of those books... It was one of those books that I was reading it, and then when I was going to work, I was listening, flicking to the audio, and then coming back. It kept, like, restarting from the same day, and I was like, I've already listened to this chapter. Yeah. I've already had this chapter title. We've already done this beginning paragraph. 
and really confused. So I was like, there must be an issue with the audiobook. So I paused it. I was like, I'll listen to something else at work. And then when I get home, I'm going to check what's happened. And I opened up the book and I saw it goes back. So like, there's been time travel, but she doesn't know the time travel's happening. Okay. And it was, oh, it was so good. So it was like, whatever, Monday the 15th of September, da-da-da. And it would have chapters of that. And then it would go back to Monday the 13th of September or whatever date, I think. But someone said something different. So something different happens. And it does those chapters, then it goes back. And I was like, the fuck is happening? So she isn't aware that she keeps having time reversed, rewinded. Okay. Rewound on her. As she's investigating this murder. So each time she's obviously getting close to finding out who the murderer is and they're rewinding time. Ooh. And it was so good. And the one disappointing thing, which is why I I was so, so disappointed when I realised this. The, the group of people that can rewind time, they're like an indigenous tribe. Oh, uh, okay. Of this area. And the author is a white British man. So sort of playing on that horrible trope of ancient Indian tribe. And when I realised that he was a British man Mm. and he has no ties whatsoever to this this place that he's set it, it felt icky. And I'm really disappointed by that. They could just be magical. They didn't need to be. Yeah, it didn't have to be a tribe that can turn back time because they call on the, like, the essence of the wolves or something like that. And then I was like, oh, I wish I hadn't found out. But someone would have pointed out at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm really disappointed because it was so good and I wish he hadn't done that. That didn't need to be a thing. They could just be magical. Because it was brilliant. They could just be mysteriously magical, make a deal with the devil, something. Yeah, yeah. It could just be, yeah, anything like that. It didn't have to be an indigenous tribe playing on that mm. stereotype and that really brought it down for me because mm. it was unnecessary. The story was brilliant. Mm. I loved it. I loved the time yeah. travel element. I loved that it took me a while to work it out and I was like, hang on, why is my audiobook glitching yeah. and stuff? Can you imagine if you didn't realise that and you're just like, why does this book keep repeating? Well... It done it twice before yeah. I was like, no, this must be glitch. Did you have to go back and find what the differences were? Yeah, I went back and looked through the physical book because oh, I could flick okay. through it quicker. But like the first time I was like, this must have glitched or I must have accidentally restarted this mm. further back. Oh, that's a shame. And I was listening, I was like, I don't remember this happening, no. Yeah. And then I just assumed I'd like, I don't know, I'd messed up the audio or I'd zoned out or something. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, when I get home, I'm going to have to reread these chapters. Just to check it. And yeah, it was just really, really fun. And I'm so cool. disappointed by that that part. Yeah. I think if it done anything other than like a tribe and this was a mystical thing from mm. hundreds of years ago, it would have been a perfect, perfect five-star book. I really watched Twilight recently, on that note. That was the vibes it gave <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of that. It's like, watching it now, I'm like, oh, this is really exploitative. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, obviously you didn't clock it at the time, but I was like, this is very exploitative, like, fucking hell. Yeah, and like, the age you would have been when you watched it originally yeah. as well, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That was, when I'd been, I had a throat infection. It was that week. Mm. Um, I was, oh, that, that was the day. Like, 
good to just zone out with her. Well, I was feeling better that day, so I gave us. I did a Z, uh, Sims, mm. and then watched all the Twilight films, and I bought myself a nice takeaway, mm. and I just gave myself a whole day. Like I literally got up, uh, got breakfast takeaway, day. and then ordered dinner takeaway, and like properly just sat on sims all day yeah i was like i want to be my feral 13 year old self but with money yeah (laughs) i approve and it was like just to to help me get past that little bit of the illness it was perfect Mm. but yeah like this came out in 2022 there's no excuse excuse. and i don't know why an editor didn't say something i know why because they don't really give a shit (laughs) yeah i just I'm I'm disappointed with that because it would I have been really good. And look how good the cover it. is. Yeah. Like, oh. Yeah, that is a shame. Yeah, and even... Okay, this is entirely a me thing and entirely me being very... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, a rude bitch. But... <laughs> <laughs> A judgmental rude bitch. <laughs> but it it bothered me when I found out that he was just like some white British man. It bothered me even more when I found out that he was like ex-military as well. Oh. I was like, get the fuck off my bookshelf. But don't because I really like the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it really. Yeah. It's a shame. It was a really good book, but I do need to... Every time I talk about it, I'm going to have to point that out. Because that was a really... That was a downside to it. Yeah. And it didn't need to be there. No. It served no purpose in the book. Like, they could have just had, as you said, like a deal with a devil. They could have just left it extremely ambiguous. Just a magical family. Yeah. It could have been... I mean, to do the time travel, they touch a tattoo. It could have been magic ink. Yeah. It doesn't. They could have been fairies, for fuck's sake. Yeah, it could have been anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's disappointing. Yeah. Or it could have been set uh, on an island in England and he could have used, I don't know, some sort of... I'm sure there's some folklore in British mythology. Pagan of, mythology. Yeah. Like, no one's going to be that upset if you use vague pagan myths as your basis. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been okay with that. Because that's not even our indigenous people. I think indigenous Britons weren't even pagan. They were something else. Mm. And this is where our editor shouts because neither of us know British history. <laughs> well, we don't well need enough. to. <laughs> I'm you, not a historian. Original Britannies. Can't remember what they were, what they did. They were invaded a bunch of times by a bunch of people, and they are basically. Well, we are a big crock pot of everything. Have you heard our language? <laughs> yeah, well, well, our language is four different languages in a trench. Yeah, it's just fucking ridiculous. And a bit of Latin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just sprinkle that in. Yeah. Yeah. So, um. Mm. So, done there we go. Could have done even Vikings? Like, type thing, if you said it here? Mm. Vague Viking mythology yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah. Anything. Yeah, we, I mean... Anything. We, England's been invaded a bunch of times. Just pick your myth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and these are long, and dead love, cultures that I you're not... folk horror. Not going to have living descendants who still care about their particular religion. Yeah, and there's something so iffy about... in. In this day and age, still using like the exotic foreigner, yeah. do 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 do, like yeah. no, the cursed tomb, the cursed no. land. Ugh. 
No, you'll never be able to do as well as the mummies. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my little middle one. Tell me, tell me all about it. So I have read the first seven books of nine. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, listen to the first seven in the Wayward Children series. Um, I think in our episode that's about to go out this week, we talk about that series and you tell me in that, like, they're on Everand, only four hours each. And I was like, interesting. And then I went away. <laughs> oh! <laughs> so, because I listened to yeah. the edit yesterday. The episode yeah. that's coming out tomorrow, our time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is the one where we talk about this series and the found family. <laughs> Rex. And then you were like, good point, I'll go, I'll go bingeable. <laughs> yeah. So I got through seven of them before I hit my limit on Everand. That will start tomorrow, hopefully. Sixth of February is when the story oh, starts, yeah. Bastards. I know. So I've had to go and use my Audible credit. Ugh. What is How this? dare they? I'm just quick tangent. Yeah. I'm an influencer on Libro FM, so I yeah. get like the free order. So I have there. been approved for that and still haven't used it. Yay! <laughs> you yeah. applied and got approved. Yay! Well done. You get to pick ten a month. Up to yeah. ten a month. It, 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 if you log in. Yeah. And download the app. Sure. Yeah. Sure. You should probably do that. I should, didn't I? <laughs> I, I I've been I've been meaning to do the affiliation for about mm, seven months, so this is still progress. <laughs> I'm I'm considering cancelling my Audible and setting up my a Libro instead. Because okay. if I'm only getting one credit on Audible, I yeah. might as well just use that over on Libro. I will lose the Audible Plus. Mm. I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to track how much I use the Audible tr- Plus. Yeah. And if I'm not using it that much, I might as well just move to Libra and support them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely... Complete side tangent, sorry. No, of the of the two apps I've got, which is Everand and Audible, I am currently using Everand a lot more. Because mm. there are just a lot more titles that are in your... Like, what would be your included library kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, whereas... I don't know, I'm not very good at patiently waiting for my next credit when I'm trying to binge a series. Yeah. Which is what you have to do with Audible. They've taken Red Rising off the Plus catalogue now, I think. Yeah, it's alright, it's on every round. <laughs> so. Probably won't got taken off. Yeah. Anyway. But, and a lot of major titles go exclusive to Audible because they obviously get more money yeah. when they do that. So that's what making me like, well, I can afford both, I'm just going to keep both. Mm, mm. Like a spoiled bitch. Yeah, I'm not going to get rid of Everand. Mm. But I was just thinking I might move my Audible to Libro. I can't justify three of them. No. I can't afford three of them. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, that's a complete tangent. It was just me musing out loud, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> someone at my work, so I sort of said, I was like, oh no, I've hit my audiobook limit. And she was like, do you need more? And I was like, yes. Do you not? <laughs> I can't get any more for what a week. What are you talking about? Oh my god, I've got to wait a whole week. Like, you what? should really, you know, set up your library app as well and then you'll get loads more audiobooks. Yeah. Probably, probably. Um, to note for, for two, future for Tony, do that now. <laughs> it's taken me, what, seven months to do the Look library what thing? I've had to come available. That's my Ooh, next library. Okay. Library audio, but. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, proceed. <laughs> uh, Sorry, Rose. We've sort of covered this in previous episodes, like I've said, but Wayward Children series, it's children that go through, like, doorways, um, and doorways to other worlds, and usually that world has something that their the child's life is lacking for whatever reason, mm-hmm. um, whether it's neglectful parents or just parents who just don't understand them, or they are different in some way. And 
it's not always good. The worlds mm-hmm. are not always good, but they fulfil a, a need. But their children are not necessarily safer in these other worlds. Um, and they have to be sure, kind of, to stay. That's how the magic of it works. Mm-hmm. And if they're not completely sure, they get spat back out at some point, And then they, most of them want to go back. So this is set in the school, Miss West School for Wayward Children, which is for the children that want to go back yeah. um, to their worlds. Um, there's another school for kids who don't want to go back. Yeah. Um, which is the book you haven't read goes in, Cora goes to that school for a bit. Oh, Because okay. of stuff that goes down. Hmm. So, if you want to read about the other school. Well, I'm going to start afresh, mm. so I will not skip that this time. Yeah, eventually we'll get to it. Mm. Uh, and it's a very, very cute... Not cute, so it's a good series. The imagery in it is just beautiful. Like, it's been great to have whilst driving. Mm. Like, the, the, the picture, what you can picture, the, the image descriptions of the scenery and whatever... Yeah. And I really don't know good. how Sean Maguire does it, but they make them sound like so realistic. The worlds, yeah. Like, Even though these worlds are very fantastic, wacky and yeah. fantastical. Sometimes, like the one with the I can't remember which one it is. It might be the Sugar Sky one or mm. whatever. The the horses one. No, that's the Green Gables. That's it. Um, when I started it, I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to get along with these like talking horses and how she's going to be friends with them. But I did. I got really into it. I was like, oh, I don't want to read about a horse girl. And then she goes to a horse world. I was like, what? Yeah. And then you read it and then, like, the centaurs are great. Yeah, actually. their culture is so rich. Yeah. And then, like, they're they're all, like, humans save the world. And Reagan's like, I just want to play with my mate who happens to be a centaur. She's like, I really like horses and now I'm hanging out with centaurs. Uh, And we take care of unicorns. And we herd unicorns. Yeah. Um, Out of all of them, that was the one I thought I would not get along with. And I really loved it. When it I was mean, opening, I've loved them all, and fair. it's talking about Reagan being a horse girl, and I was like, mm, yeah, not sure. Like the rest of these were very kind of like feelingsy, but it was just like Reagan was a little bit um, had a mean friend at school and was a bit quirky and like she was intersex and then they they are so um, inclusive. These books aren't yeah. they? They're amazing. We've got, we've got you know, there's queer rep, there's disability rep. Um, and it's just oh. trans rare. Yeah. Oh, um, down among the sticks and bones with the twins. Yeah. My favorite one. I loved it. It's very dark. Yeah. Yeah. The first two spoil each other. You can't. Yeah. 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 You can read them in any order, technically, but I think you're best off doing them in the order they. I mean, are in the descriptions and ever and it tells you the reading order. Yeah, it does tell you. Yeah. Um, so that I read it in the order it said. Yeah, which is the order I think you're best doing it. Because there are The story has made the characters. most sense to me yeah. in this order, for sure. Apart from Lundy's one. Lundy's one was a bit random. Dr Lundy goes to the Goblin Market. Mm. No, you've not. That's the one you've not done. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But I really enjoyed these books. Mm. Sometimes I've been a little sad. So doing them all in one go, while mm-hmm. life is also a bit stressy. Well, maybe not my best choice of the It's like me wanting to watch Budget Horseman again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're just really beautiful books and they're really like tragic. It's just they're like, oh. Agreed. That's how they made me feel. I'm just like, oh. When we get What's His Name's book, um, the guy who is Eleanor's nephew. Yeah, Cade. When we get his book. 
When when is Cade's book the one that's new? No. No. When we get his, I'm going to be so... Yeah. I'm going to be unprepared. Yeah. Because he is just I love the best S- character. I love Sumi as well. Oh, yeah. And oh, I love... yeah, they're just all such good characters. Like, Sumi, who's all, like, nonsense and stuff, and then sometimes is so kind and so perceptive. Yeah. I'm like, oh. Yeah, so they, they have, like, a rating scale for the world, so it's between, like, sensible and nonsense and yeah. stuff, isn't it? And yeah, and... Um, it's, like, two different intersecting Not, things uh, there's like wicked and something else as well and it's yeah. like high logic or high, high nonsense log- yeah that's it yeah. um so you can go to like a wicked world that's highly logical or you can go to a wicked world that's highly um nonsense or you can go yeah go to a good world where it's high yeah the world compass i'm googling it here it is so they have yeah, wicked or virtuous, logical or go. nonsense, and they, like, intersect with each other. Yeah, it's just such a clever idea. Yeah. And you can tell Shauna Maguire really loves her, the characters and the world. My favourite and... ones are the ones Shauna Maguire um, narrates herself. Mm, yeah. My favourite, like, the characters' voices, I think she gets them the most right out of all of them. I really want to read some of Shauna Maguire's other series. Yeah. Like the middle middle game series, but I just love this series so much. Yeah, so this was a good recommendation. Oh, good and job. Lundy tells Nancy during her orientation that there's also whimsy and wild directions oh, as well. Okay. As a as a secondary. Mm. Yeah. I I like I've really enjoyed all the stories. I think my next book is the one that like made you really sad. So we'll see if I get the same reaction. <laughs> yeah, and then number nine is a continuation from number eight. Oh, okay. Okay. Same character. Which is interesting. Um, but I've thoroughly enjoyed them, which is why yeah, I've number eight them. really struck a chord with me. Mm. Yeah, none of them, none of them really gut punched me on a personal level. Mm. Even the one which is the plus size character. Yeah. Um, because. I don't know, I was never considered plus size until I was in my teens, and even then, I've always just been curvy. <laughs> um, but I was like an athletic kid who then grew curves, and then everyone was like, you're fat, and I was like, ah. Oh, Tor has a whole thing of every every world and what their alignment are and oh, stuff. That's cool. cool. I, I think like you that. could really get into like, yeah. Yeah, I'm already there, let's do it. I'm gonna tune out and read this for the rest of the episode. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, we are, we are, we are planned in an episode about this series, just this series. Yeah, we will um, go into detail. Natalie's gonna do a reread, and we're gonna do like a big deep dive. Yeah, and um, we will go into all the worlds and the, yeah. the nonsenseness of it all. But I, I really love them. Like, yeah, I want the books. They only have them as hardback. Really? Yeah, and they're little novellas. But they're really and they're like pretty. £15 a book. But I am going <laughs> to get pretty. them because they're beautiful and I would love them all in a little row. Yeah, definitely a fan. Right. Right. Last bit. Last one. I read Never Whistle at Night, which is an indigenous dark fiction anthology. So it had, oh gosh, how many stories was it? It introduced me to so many new indigenous authors that I can't wait to pick up from mm. a book loads of them they haven't even had their debut book come out yet and oh, i read the short story and i was like right i'm gonna go and find all their backlist and went on their website and i was like 
their first book is due out in like September. <laughs> like, I can't wait that Come long. On. Yeah, I need to read more <laughs> from you right now. This was, well, amazing, obviously. Yeah. It had so many... I, I genuinely... How, how many stories was it? I can't even remember. It might be like 20 stories or something. I genuinely did not dislike any of the stories. They were all so impressive they were all so horrific in different ways what do you mean when you say horrific because they were all horror but different (laughs) different approaches to it and because indigenous horror is very different to like western horror yeah and yeah like some of them were about curses or ghosts some of them were about um like monsters or demons Mm. Some of them were just about family and the horror of family. Yeah. Yeah, some of them were about racism. There was two in particular that really, I really, really enjoyed. I cannot remember what they were called. But one of them was about a young girl, no, a a young adult who is a college student. And she... uh, goes to a party that's being held by her professor um she is learning uh like english lit creative writing creative writing and she has just finished a shift at work and she doesn't really want to go to this party but she knows that if you don't go the professor takes it as a bit of a slight and you your marks your grades are affected by it basically so she has to go and so she gets there late because she's had a work shift first. Yeah. And when she arrives and um, all of the other students are there and then the professor comes over and is just chatting to her and then she realises the decorations in the house and what she had assumed were, like, mounted animal heads on, like, decorating the walls, yeah. she realises are human heads. <sighs> and then she realises they're all different minorities and then the teacher's saying to her oh yes look at my wonderful collection like all of these used to be students of mine and they all um agreed to give me their head when they died why are all these students younger than him dying Mm. and then she's like i'm only missing one ethnicity and the indigenous the indigenous student is looking around like i know what one you're missing um And then, there was another, yeah. and then there was another story about this woman who has recently got married and she's married into an extremely wealthy family. And um, it starts with her, like, driving into her, like, private complex, private, like, a housing development okay. where they're all rich houses. Gated community. That's what I'm looking for, thank you. Yeah. She drives through there, she's thinking about how lucky she is and how much she adores being able to come mm. through these gates and they open for her and da da and she gets home and she's just found out she's pregnant and she's so excited to tell her husband and um he's not at home and she realizes he's at the club so she decides to go down to the club to let yeah. him know that she's pregnant she goes in and he's in the club watching a football match um not like english football obviously and uh one of the other People in the bar is, like, complaining because they had to change the name of a team because the team's name was, like, 
racist or steeped in like yeah yeah so they've recently had to change their team and they're all complaining about it and she's like oh so she's white passing because she yeah. has um i think it was like her a grandparent is indigenous yeah um and they're complaining about it and she's like well i'm i've got indigenous or i've got a native uh heritage and i wasn't offended by it like trying to obviously yeah make friends and her husband's like the fuck and then he takes her home and he's really angry with her he's like i thought you were french and she's like what no yeah and he's like why did you keep this secret and she's like i didn't keep it a secret like you never it never came up it never it's like a grandparent or whatever it's not that big a deal um and it turns out it's a very big deal for their family (gasps) because she's pregnant and uh she's not white and yeah oh. so they were two two stories that really stood out for me and then there was also like some body horror stories of like someone who goes fishing and then gets a parasite in oh, them you, you love body horror yeah, I love like, it. it makes my skin crawl um but yeah there was literally no flop at all they Ooh. all worked even though they're all about different horror they all worked really cohesively um, which okay. is quite hard in an anthology, especially if they don't have like a, um, you know, like a, a anything in common. Yeah, not a central theme. Yeah, yeah. But they worked really well together. I strongly recommend. If you read and enjoyed that Africa Risen, which was like speculative fiction um, from African authors and the uh, African Dysphoria, I would say give this a try. Obviously, they're completely different in terms of culture, but they just, like, both both anthologies just worked really well together. Like They had the yeah. same vibes, too. Yeah, that's the word yeah. I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I, this is another book that I listened to as an audio. I actually got it on Libro FM. I want a physical copy so I could go through and annotate them all because they were all just so good. Nice. Yeah. Good. It was it's been a really good reading month for me so far. Twenty twenty four has been good so far. Yeah, I have no had no flops in twenty twenty four yet. No. None that I'm like, this is a waste of my time. Like yeah. they've all been No, I literally am just I mean, I am I'm going through it. Like, I don't know how I'm reading so much and it's because I'm enjoying it, I think I'm reading, I think. Yeah, I've got like my in progress books i am wanting to read them so much and i'm just not mm. having the time or because i get up so early now my bedtimes are so shifted so I, i'm like i don't want to give as much evening to reading because i need to like have a life life as well yeah um <laughs> so i'm not reading as much and i'm like desperately trying to get through these books i want to read them yeah so I've, like, I've got currently in progress i've got a soul to keep which is i'm really enjoying mm. I've started Ray Bearer as well. And I'm only like 50 pages in, but I'm like, I'm already like, this Love. is fucking good. Yeah. I'm currently reading three books, which is really yeah. good for me. That's less than me. Great. Yeah. And um, I've read 15 and I just, I can't stop. I think I'm up to 13. Yeah. Which for my year girls, it's like, you're ahead. Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. And when I told my brother, he was like, I don't understand how it's possible to have read 15 books. And I was like, well, it's almost been a month. Yeah. Like. A lot of them are audios, which yeah. does make it easier because you can listen to audios where you're doing other so things. It's like, so you're reading like a book in a day. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, that's not actually possible. And I was like, of course it's actually possible. It's just, we have very different, like, 
reading stuff. Priorities. Yeah. And I said, he was like, how can you read that? I said, on average, I read 100 pages an hour. That's like yeah. my average. So one night, I literally devoted four hours to reading. I read a 400-page book. Yeah. Like, and... And uh, also throwing out there, my brother doesn't work, so I don't know why he's <laughs> saying to me... <laughs> Where'd uh, you find the time? Yeah. But I was just like... And reading is a skill. Like, it's almost like practice makes better. Yeah. You're, the more you read, the faster you can read, because you you kind of train your brain to comprehend it faster. Yeah. So, yeah. Not that, obviously, for us, it's like, if you read one book a year or a hundred books a year, like, it's yeah, all valid. It's, yeah. But, so that's not what we're saying. No, but. I'm saying, don't tell me that I haven't read those books or it's impossible when it's not. <laughs> or, like, I did my last job, but one time I was like, oh, I've only read this many. And they were like, only? Yeah, and it's different for different <laughs> people. Like, when, you know, in, in the book community, last, well, I read 150 books last year, right? Yeah. In the book community, I was like, that's really cool, but also barely anything, really. That's pretty average. There's some people that, oh, I read 50 books this month, and I'm like, ow! Yeah. But then I go to my mum, and I'm like, mum, I've read 150 books, because I know she's yeah. going to be impressed. Yeah. Like, some, and then some people go to me like, oh, you've read that many books, she must be really smart. And I'm like, most no. of them are face smart, yeah. so do with that what you yeah. will. <laughs> nothing wrong face mark but just like i'm not over here reading like really intellectual stuff but yeah when i said oh yeah i've read this many books in january so far just like as a discussion and then someone said Mm. to me oh but you just skim them don't you and i'm like why like no i just read my books like why you exist yeah (laughs) why are you trying to rain on my parade come on i'm not saying it to show off and i'm not saying it to say that i'm better than you yeah, in because some way. you told me you'd read four i wasn't you said you'd read four and i was like well done i've read this many so far i wasn't downing yeah. yours i was just saying we're both doing so well like oh yeah, yeah. whatever that was uh, a side rant. Yeah, that was some of the books I've read that I loved, and yeah. life is good right now. It's good. It's well, but well. reading wise, life is good. Yeah, reading wise, great. <laughs> Anything else? That's for Podcast. my. That's for my counsellor. <laughs> Podcast stuff's going well. Yeah. <laughs> Feels weird because I'm doing counselling, not therapy. Yeah, it's a counsellor, not therapist. Oh, which yeah, feels weird things here, yeah they? they are they're no counseling and therapy are different things yes i mean they're, I, I'm oh yeah yeah sorry that. yeah it's weird that they are mm. yeah so i'm doing counseling which means i lead it and i do the talking oh and i do all of the um come into my own realizations and that person is just there to facilitate it. Interesting. Yeah. So it starts with, what do you want to talk about today? And I'm like, the fuck? Can't you tell me what we're talking about? Can't you say, today we're going to discuss this trauma? And then I just dump it. Like, why? Yeah. <laughs> don't let me lead it. I don't want to tell you the wilds of my brain. <laughs> I'm here to win. <laughs> I want you to tease it out of me. And then I can be like, hey, you asked for it. <laughs> So that's my problem. I reckon if I, I don't want to just rock up and trauma dump. <laughs> if I ever did like therapy or counselling, I'd be trying to like impress them and win. Yeah. <laughs> like, tell me I'm a good girl. <laughs> tell me I did a good but job. It's only for an hour, and like at the end of it this week, I was just like, "How did you make me realise all this?" Like, there was a moment when I said something, because she was like, "Hmm," and I was like, "Huh." Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> it's like that sound um, that's going on TikTok and Instagram. Um, the And then I said, how hard can it be boys do it? Yeah. And then I said, how hard can it be boys do it? And yeah. I, that was like that when I said something to her. And she was like, hmm? And I was like, oh. <laughs> I like repeated it back. I was like, yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, like a few years ago, I dated very briefly someone who worked in a psycho um, psychiatric unit. Mm. And this is also when I was doing the really horrible job where I wasn't yeah. well because uh, it was a horrible job. Because there's, there's a unit like that in, yeah. in Stevenage, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. Which yeah. is like near where we live. Um, so he worked there. And I one time I cancelled a date and he and I said to him, I was like, sorry, when I feel like that, I just don't want to see anyone. I just want to, you know, I can't talk. And he's like, and he just did this like, Hmm. he's like how often do you feel like that and I was like mm. shutting this conversation now back away you know the, you know the shit's creek sound I'm like we don't have time to get into all that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like mm. I'm a bit too perceptive right now I don't need that if you could be a little less on the ball please <laughs> how do, what happens that happen how often are you feeling like that and I'm like mm. goodbye no thank you and so that was how we ended. <laughs> no, actually, it was um, just fizzled out for, yeah. for other reasons. Nothing, Nothing to guy. do with your your brain. No. <laughs> 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 so please, if you've enjoyed this, give us a rating. Uh, follow us if you're not already following us wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you could follow us on Instagram and TikTok, we would also appreciate that. And as we mentioned at the top of the episode, yep. come join our Facebook group, uh, Lazy Book Lovers Podcast. Because yep. we want to have more of a chat there, more of a community. And I think that's it. We'll speak to you next week. Take a breath like I had more to say. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.